Hello and welcome to the You Mama podcast, a podcast that is about you mama and helping you navigate your postpartum journey with stories from real mums like you and real insights into parenthood. Hello and today we are going to be talking to Bianca. Bianca is a mum to wonderful Hazel and she lives in Australia. She has a unique postpartum experience as her dad passed away shortly after her daughter was born. So today we're going to be hearing about her experience and what it's like to experience grief and the loss of a parent at the same time as becoming a mother. I know a lot of you will relate to this and some of you may not but you may know somebody who's going through this experience so hopefully her story will give you some insight and hopefully will help you heal if you are experiencing this so let's get into it (laughs) ab how are you i'm so good how are you i'm so good i'm so glad to be talking to you so excited um, to, for you to tell us a little bit about your postpartum story. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And I want to be really honest and open with the listeners today because I think it's so important to normalise some shit that goes on <laughs> during this first year or, say, for the next few years. But, um, yeah, my story is really unique and it's a bit difficult for me to talk about. But if I can help other women going through a similar thing then that would really fill my cup yeah we, we appreciate you so much for sharing it today so can you tell us a little bit about where you live and who's in your family of course so I live a really happy life with my partner Wes and he's definitely given me everything I've ever wanted in a man and now he is our beautiful baby daddy to Hazel who is 10 months old he's really supportive and um we live in Queensland but yeah like I have mentioned we've had a very difficult year and I appreciate all the support that he gives me but it has made me realize that I do also need other support in my life so yeah so friends are everything in this first year as well (laughs) absolutely mum friends and you've been going to a renovation too right yeah yeah. (laughs) you're like moving (laughs) renovations babies oh goodness I have been a bit of a single parent lately only because Wes is a builder so he has a lot of obligations right now with our yeah with our renovation and he didn't get home last night till 11 30 because he was painting but I know it's only for a short amount of time and then we'll We'll have this great home that we can all enjoy. Oh my God, B, that must be so hard to be feeling like your partner's not there to help you in the evenings, man. When there's like Hazel's age and Leo's age, you really need that help in the evening. Yeah, <laughs> I know you need that time to yourself, even if it is just staring at your phone for an hour. <laughs> I know. So good. So can you tell us a little bit about your postpartum experience so far? Of course. So Hayes 
So yeah, Hazel was born on the 27th of January and I had a really, really incredible birth. And I don't think many people would say this, but I would happily give birth tomorrow, but I hated being pregnant. (laughs) Um, Wow. Holy shit. That is something that I definitely don't (laughs) resonate with, but I'm sure some people do. So my hat is off to you. Please text uh, you, mama, if you, yeah, you relate to that. There'll be no one. But (laughs) yeah, I honestly loved, loved my I'll help birthing experience. Um, But then, yeah, so the, the first month was really, really full on because I actually lost my father um yeah a month after Hazel was born literally a month so she was born on the 27th and we lost out on the 27th of February mm-hmm. so there yeah there's a lot to unpack with becoming a parent and losing one at the same time yeah oh my god I can only imagine the and did your dad get to meet Hazel? No, he, he did not get to meet her. So there was um, not long, basically. So t- um, Hazel was two weeks old and dad collapsed. And then he was in ICU for quite a while. And then he came good um, for a bit, but then he, he just deteriorated after that so there really wasn't a a huge opportunity for me to get down there because we're in different states um but I did make a conscious decision not to go home um we also were dealing with COVID up here as well so the thought of getting on a plane with a two-week-old just terrified me so I don't actually feel guilt about not saying goodbye because we had a other goodbye with um, my sister. We were just on FaceTime sort of thing. Plus it was too hard for me to see him that sick. I, I actually do, didn't have the energy, the capacity to put myself in that situation. It's not fair to my sister because she had to deal with a lot, but we've spoken about that and there's no resentment on her end. And I hope I feel like this for a long time and I hope later on I don't have an overwhelming feeling of guilt for that time that I decided not to, you know, say goodbye. But Mm -hmm. for right now, I I still feel like I made the right decision. Oh, my God, B, that must have been so hard but so brave of you to honour yourself in that moment and your needs with Hazel. Like, yeah, it must have been such a challenging decision but you know you have to you have to do what's right for you and your little family and a newborn is so hard to like there's so many emotions going on already with becoming a new mother and then I can't imagine putting that on top of it yeah yeah for sure and there is so much oxytocin and adrenaline running through you during that time Mm -hmm. that it surprised me for sure. Like it was devastating when we lost him, obviously, but because I had all this crazy adrenaline and oxytocin, I actually felt fine for probably a few months. I'm going to say at least six months. Mm -hmm. And then everything just fell apart for me. And it was like everything had worn off and it was painful. 
and like I could have been numb from it all I could have been in shock but mm-hmm. I I think it was also yeah a bit of that adrenaline running through me it is amazing the power of that oxytocin and that love bubble but yeah isn't it yeah <laughs> but definitely I think for me too around the six month mark was when I was like okay it's wearing off now like this is hard <laughs> yeah what the fuck is happening <laughs> yes exactly um okay this is a lot <laughs> yeah it's interesting as well because my doctor actually I've got a great doctor everyone needs a good doctor especially a woman doctor but exactly. I went and saw her at three months and she said to me that typically maybe scientifically or whatever four months is the mark where a lot of people um are at that yeah pivotal stage where it's fading and they've they're quite burnt out but yeah for for me I think it was six months (laughs) and then what happened when you're at that six month point yeah so I guess six months for us as well was when we were dealing with Hazel's tongue tie so feeding wasn't getting easier I was using lots of nipple shields and bottles and you know worried about the effect that that would have on her with her latch later on but so yeah we had we had that that we were sort of yeah trying to navigate but so breastfeeding wasn't wasn't easier for you for the first six months yeah it was really really hard for six months at least and then after we got her tongue tie and lip tie fixed things started to get better and better but also six months for us in, and for babies in general is when they're, you know, laughing and crawling mm-hmm. and sitting up and eating. And I think the combination of all of this stuff going on with her developmentally and not being able to share that with dad was so triggering. So the hardest stage for me to date has been six to nine months because of all of those things and like her personality is coming out more and more now that um she's getting older and there's so much that she reminds me of my dad as well and there's yeah there's just there's a lot of times recently where I found myself crying at happy moments because I can't share them with him and it's hard to rewire your brain to be happy for those beautiful special moments of walking and crawling and and at the moment it's just sad for me it's just I can't rewire my brain right now to to think happily about it so right now when she's having all of these changes and she's starting to crawl and yeah walk soon you're feeling like you want to be able to share that with your dad yeah definitely that was only natural I'm sure you know but so what are the some of the things that you found have you found anything helpful in dealing with those moments yeah so I've only really been able to really focus on my grief lately Mm -hmm. and what that actually looks like so I think yeah someone explained to me I don't know who it was where it was but they said that grief is like taking a huge breath in and holding it. And that is exactly what it has been like for me because I'm a mom. I am trying to educate, nurture, feed, give Hazel every bit of me. 
And that means I'm holding my breath on all this grief because it's too hard for me to let it out and, and be a parent to my daughter. So yeah, I think that's honestly the best way to describe grief for me right now. And for my sister as well, she has kids. She's got three kids now and we've both experienced um, our bodies having like this physio- physiological sorry, response to grief, which we've both had this uncontrollable shaking. And it's when your body's in fight or flight. So our bodies have been, you know, in fight because we've been trying to be strong and get on with our lives, but not actually, yeah, dealing with this trauma that we have been through or trying to heal. So, yeah, lately I've found that because verbalising has been quite difficult for me that I've just written things down so as I've mentioned I've been upset that dad misses out on crawling or laughing or certain funny things that Hazel's been doing so I'll just write either pen to paper or in my phone just a little I guess daily thing like today you know Hazel's done this and I don't even do anything with it like I, I just write it down close it that's it like you don't have to burn it or you know put it into the ocean or something like that like just getting it out <laughs> nothing ceremonial <laughs> just writing it down yeah and what you were just speaking to I feel like so many mums will resonate with is just when you do become a mum there feels like there isn't any space for you anymore there isn't any time for you anymore and I can't imagine you know going through those that huge shift in your life you know, of losing a parent and then not being able to have the space that you need to process it and it not being easy to get. So can you speak a little bit more about how that has been for you? Um, sorry, what was the question? Just like, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check on Hazel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought she was waking up. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's all good. Just like um, how motherhood has, you know, given you, it doesn't give you any space for yourself and like yes. it doesn't give you any time for yourself and how crucial that obviously is to you right now, but it's really actually hard to even think when that's going to be possible. So how, yeah. do you, how do you feel about that and how do you think you'll approach that? Yeah, I th- I think it's hopefully going to get easier for us soon with me being able to delegate more things to Wes once our renovation is over because right now I've just been, I don't know, powering through because I know that I have, like I have to, I have no choice and I know that I will try to focus on myself more once once you know he's able to look after Hazel I I need to do that and I need to let go of all this mum guilt that I have at the moment because oh mum guilt is so real it's the realest emotion for any woman going through <laughs> this it's the realest oh. and the most unhelpful it doesn't get us anywhere but it's it's the realest emotion can you tell us like a little bit about I think when we talked last you were saying that 
you know, you have moments where you feel so overwhelmed with emotion about and like in your grief, mm. but you're in yeah. front of Hazel. Yeah, so yeah, how exactly. Do you with that, there's there's really bad waves that I've experienced recently where I am on a ball in the middle of the ground in the living room crying and I can't get up, and it's so painful because Hazel's sitting there and she knows that something's wrong because she's getting older, and I have to explain to her why I'm upset and I've been doing that more and more recently because I need to I need to I need to get it out I need to let her know that I'm upset because I miss my dad and I'm always trying to tell her about him and all that sort of stuff but I feel like my interpretation of him will never be as good as the real thing and I think that's what I always get sad about because she, you know, she's never known him. Yeah, so I just, I sit there and I explain to her why I'm upset. But, um, yeah, I need to, um, I need to get it out. It's so, it's so fine if there's any women going through this and they're feeling this guilt that they can't cry in front of their kids because I know my sister's felt the same way and her kids are older. They know when she's upset. They, um, they get really attached to her too because when she's upset, they, get, they become more clingy and, and then it's quite hard for her because she thinks, oh, I can't express myself in front of them because they get upset and that's not fair yeah. to them. There's yeah. so, such a bad cycle that, you know, goes through your head like, yeah. But Frances, for example, my sister's eldest, is old enough to understand death and she knows that he's passed away and she knows that we can't visit him anymore and that sort of thing. She's just so matter of fact about death that it's kind of freaky. Um, but yeah, honestly, yeah. just communicate with your kids if you can. And I obviously Hazel can't speak. She doesn't understand what I'm saying, but for me, I feel better if I tell her what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think there's also like this piece that we carry as mothers that we are always meant to be strong and yeah I think it can be really damaging and unrealistic because it's not possible for us to always be a hundred percent put together like we're people we're humans with real emotions and mm -hmm. our kids are gonna experience that at some point in the world but I just think there's sometimes a lot of pressure on mums to be strong it's true just, it's important for women to know that we don't have to be 100 percent all of the time and on a lighter note um <laughs> like a lot of the time I feel like I'm a good mom I go to a lot of effort to make Hazel really good food and like give her so much active outdoor time and then there's other days where I just like forget to feed her or like oh my god I know. do that too <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's been like three hours, four hours, and you haven't eaten. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, like the other day, I caught up with some friends and went out for coffee, and I hadn't seen them for five years. So we were just chat, like chatting away, and then I just had a sip of my coffee, and I, you know, took my eyes off Hazel for a minute, and then she was eating chicken poo. So it's just like <laughs> you. 
<laughs> you can do everything right one day or for a few hours and then the next day is just a total shit show, <laughs> literally. Absolutely. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we don't have to be perfect all the time. And I think that's the whole point of why we're here in this moment talking about this is, like, it's just to be like, it's okay. We don't have to hide, like, hold up all of these norms that have been passed down to us you know of being strong yeah strong parents like we just need to be real and we need to be honest like I think it's damaging that our culture puts all that pressure on mums it is incredibly damaging there's so many expectations that women face through this first year that are oh incredibly unrealistic aren't they yeah absolutely and uh I heard you speak about like, you know, in how we have no space for ourselves and especially for you to process your emotions. Is there anything that you do for yourself in regards to like self-care? I know that I need to be better at it, but yeah, I, I undoubtedly understand the importance, but I'm so lucky if I get to do a little face mask or a little eyebrow wax, I'm actually going to try and take Hazel to um, the hairdressers on Thursday to try and get my hair cut because my hair is dreaded, like actual dread. <laughs> like I haven't brushed it for days. I don't know how women have long hair with a baby. Seriously. Oh my God. I know I had to cut mine all off because Leo just pulled it all the time yeah oh okay yeah. so yeah we'll see how that hair, hair appointment goes <laughs> I hope that goes well but oh. like it's it is a skill and I think a skill that none of us have really mastered before we come become mums is like asking for what we need and prioritizing ourselves you know yes yeah sometimes yeah for sure I think self-care in general has a lot to do with maybe the people we were before we had kids as well because you had all the time in the world for your self-care and I guess there's also a lot of identity stuff that women face through that first year too with I don't know losing losing yourself a lot in the first year well I felt like that anyway I've I've definitely definitely in the last few months felt like worried about the future in in a way like what am I going to be doing when I'm not a mum or should I have another baby so I can just stay in this baby phase for a while and then I'll go back to my career or studying or there's a lot oh there's so much that women have to think about Um, and I don't, I think I need to be more present as well because it's so much easier to just live in the moment than worrying about all this future stuff. But it's also, yeah, it's also something that is easier said than done. (laughs) Right. And I totally resonate with that. I feel like I can, I was like, who am I now? What am I going to do with my career? Like you change in so many ways. Um, Yeah. I think it's just it's a natural part of growing into a new person with new priorities and like it's just incredibly overwhelming the first year you're just thrown into a whole new world and a whole new you yeah there's a lot 
that you don't think about when you're pregnant either because you're focused on your birth and and you don't think about that first year and there's a lot there's like financial obligations there's all stress you know there's there's so much to consider and I wish that was spoken about a bit more Oh, so or, do I. I wish I had known this before I went in. I had known. Yeah, same. I wish I had have known what maternity leave actually looks like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not. It's no holiday, that's for sure. Like it's some people cute. say it is. Exactly. It's not cute. Hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard fucking work. 24-7. <laughs> oh, my God. And also for you and me, like we both live away from family, so we have very limited support systems and we've both had to create them where we are. And that's a whole nother challenge. It's like, you don't have someone who can watch Hazel while you go and get a coffee by yourself. Absolutely. So if there's other women that are in um, the same situation as me and Ginny, you really, really need to put yourself (laughs) out there and find good mum friends because they are everything. I've had... I've had the opportunity to meet some really good mum friends online and in real life. And so it is possible and you definitely need babies the same age. Like it's not helpful if your friends have got babies that are a year older because it's, it's just not the same because you're going through different things developmentally and um, the support isn't the same. So I would definitely suggest getting, involved in mom's groups that Ginny will be offering that have you know babies in the same age group yeah awesome I mean like even I find like five months makes a huge difference (laughs) three months yes yeah yeah close (laughs) the closer together the better better. I'm gonna be doing an episode on that coming up shortly so we're gonna dive into all the things about finding mom friends (laughs) yay well, thank you so much for this. It's been awesome. No worries. Thanks so much, beautiful. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening. My name is Ginny and I'm a postpartum doula supporting new mums in Portland, Oregon and online. Please show your support by liking and subscribing to the podcast or visit www.umama.com if you would like to work with me.